God, if there is a person, a thing, an organization that's in my life that's going to keep me from you, please remove that because I never want to be in a position where I am misprioritizing things, relationships, businesses over him anymore because of those experiences. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and I am joined by one of my Blaze tribe members, and I'm so excited. We have Lindsay joining us today. Lindsay, can you let the listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you're at? Yes. Hello, 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 everyone. Thank you, first of all, so much for having me. It is always an honor and a privilege to meet other amazing, dope Black women, especially associated with Blaze, building leaders, and accepting zero excuses. I am hailing from Baltimore, Maryland. However, I am a global queen, okay? I am all over the place. Um, What do I do? All of the things. (laughs) Where do I start? In this capacity, I am the chief executive officer of Zubachi. And Zubachi is a metaverse ecosystem specifically for Black women in business. We consider ourselves being the land of plenty. We are currently on a mission to onboard 1 million Black women to the metaverse by 20. 30. With Zubachi, we ultimately leverage Web3 solutions in order to secure financial equity, opportunity, and capacity building for Black women. Zubachi honestly originated from all of the thousand other things that I do. I am also the Chief Wealth Officer at Kingdom Vision Consulting, and we are a financial services firm specifically for Black and Brown entrepreneurs, where we focus on both personal and business finance. And we focus on five key areas of finance known as class, credit worthiness, long-term wealth, asset protection, strategic banking relationships, and strategic asset accumulation. My hands are are always in a thousand things, so I can literally go on and on and on. But if I can, if you will allow me space, one of the other important things that I do that I love and adore so dearly is that I serve as the entrepreneurial ecosystem manager for Kiva U.S., we are an international micro lending organization. And specifically within the US, we have a small business lending product up to $15,000, 0% interest, zero fees, no collateral necessary for entrepreneurs all across the country. And in this specific role, I provide direct support, technical assistance, and training to about 40 capital access managers across about 37 hubs within the United States. So it is a a big role, but I absolutely love it being able to provide capital to marginalized communities who are typically credit invisible or just simply left behind by financial institutions. Okay, so clearly Lindsay talking big bank secure the bag, big money talk, big wealth talk. And I absolutely love all of the things that you're doing from Zubache to Kiva. Is it very clear your commitment to Black women, to Black and Brown people and our ability to build wealth and build legacy with our finances and just the way that we're accumulating assets and so the work you're doing necessary and needed 
And I'm excited for our conversation because the intro, if the intro didn't do it for you, then I don't know. But for me, I'm excited. So we're going to dive right in. Lindsay, can you think back to any season of life and think about a growth moment that you think was extremely pivotal to the journey of where you are today and how maybe that growth moment influenced who you are or where you are and what you're doing today? A hundred thousand percent. And it's so crazy because it's going to sound like something bad, right? To some listeners based on perspective, but it was when I lost my job. At the end of 2020, I was caught in the middle of a large merger, a number of layoffs, and I was devastated. My background is in financial services, and I've pretty much worked in every single role within your traditional bank branch from starting as a part-time teller while I was a student at Howard University, and I transitioned in my career while I was a branch manager managing two locations here in the harbor in Baltimore City. And when that event happened to me, I feel like at that time, I felt like I had lost it all because I was so personally attached to my work. I mean, if you can hear my bio and what I do, everything has been in alignment with financial services and providing financial literacy to marginalized communities, especially people who look like me, right, who didn't grow up talking about finances at the kitchen table, who didn't grow up there with their parents showing them how to balance their checkbooks, who did not grow up with being an authorized signer on their parents' credit cards, right? So when I lost my job, I thought that, I don't know what I thought, right? But I had, I was in a position where I thought my purpose was gone. Thought that I had lost that vehicle to do what God put me here to do. And it was after then that I realized that, Lindsay, you are the prize. Lindsay, you are the gift. And you just happened to have gotten comfortable with these institutions, right? And after that, of course, you know, I'm human, you know, no matter how much faith you have, no matter how much hope you have, I went into a depression. Like I was sad. I was upset. I was frustrated. I was a number of things, right, with this major life event. However, that was the most pivotal moment of my life in general. Like, that was the most unexpected growth period that I could have ever thought about or imagined, honestly. Shortly after, you know, I spent a lot of time in prayer and meditation and I'm a woman of Christ and I I, I don't do anything without God's blessing. And I was like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what is next, right? You took that thing from me that I had adored so much and probably honestly too much, right? Because there is a certain, there's a such yeah, thing, right? Of, of misprioritizing, right? Our, 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 our gifts, our things, our presence in certain places. And I realized that I had gotten solely dependent on Lindsay doing in these institutions versus, you know, my source who had put me there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those moments where he had to reel me back in. And I was reminded then that Lindsay, you have everything that you need. And within a month of losing my job, 
I started Kingdom Vision Consulting and he told me the name. He told me who I would serve. He told me how I would serve them. And here we are today, about two and a half years in business, and we are an award-winning company. In 2022, we won the SBA Financial Services Champion of the Year on behalf of the state of Maryland, which was extremely huge for us. It was mind-blowing because I'm like, little old me? But it just it showed me that Lindsay is not necessarily the 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 institution, right? It's you and what you're bringing out of, right? And that changed my life. In which after Kingdom Vision, then we birthed Zubachi last year, and then it's just been a continuous cycle of growth and trusting God, trusting the journey, and believing in me and what I have inside to do the thing that seems the scariest. Yeah, man, I want to go back to something that you said early on as you were sharing that story, and thank you for the vulnerability because, like you said depending on perspective, some folks be like, oh my God, I got laid off. Like that's one of the worst things that could happen. And your ability to work through, right? The, the, cause it's a healing journey when your identity is wrapped up in the work that you do to, to be taken out of that space and then figure out like who you are outside of those spaces. I would love for you to talk a little bit about the identity piece, right? So as you moved away from this traditional sense of like a nine to five in the banking world and you're starting to build your own things, right? With with your own hands, with your own skill and your own talent, how did you, how have you been able to not necessarily keep those identities separate, but to ensure that you're not solely wrapped up in the work that you do? How have you been able to sort of manage what that looks like? It's hard, right? It's 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 not a real easy answer. And I, I'm not going to sit here and fabricate a story, right? Sometimes I'm still struggling with that, right? Sometimes I'm still trying to figure out how do I separate Lindsay from Kiva, from Kingdom Vision, from Zubachi, and I'm still learning every single day. But one thing that I feel like that I learned from that journey is it's not about me. It's not about necessarily me and who I am doing the things. It's about what I have been called to do and that all of these businesses, all of these businesses are tools in which I have been called to do the thing and not the thing being who I am. And that's something that I did not understand when I was in the banking industry, especially because I was doing amazingly well, right? For consistently for four and a half years, I was promoted every single year, right? And that definitely caused me to wrap my identity into what I was doing. And now, because I went through that experience, that encounter was necessary, one, to to help me to see what I was called to do, but it was also necessary to help me understand Lindsay and that Lindsay is very separate outside of all of those things. Yes, those things, these businesses are what I am thriving in doing, but it is about Lindsay the person because also sometimes we forget that we are humans outside of all of the roles that we wear. You're still a separate human outside of being an employee. You're still a separate human outside of being that CEO as the employer, right? 
If you don't understand that, it is so easy to get caught up and wrapped up in all the things that you do and who you're doing it for. And I'm I'm grateful that I had that hard lesson, honestly, before I even started in business, because had I not, I feel like I would have been a lot more emotionally attached and I would allow my first business to become my identity as well. And because of that experience, I know not to do that. Yeah, man, it's, I appreciate that you just was honest, right? Because you could have said, you could have said, well, you know, like this is, this is what I've done and this is how I do it. And it's not hard. And I've, I figured it out. And the reality is I think particularly as women in business, like it's hard to separate like things that we put our time and our energy and our tears and our sweat into from our person, right? That, because we feel so innately and intimately wrapped up into the details of the success of that thing right and so I love that you're talking about like outside of all the stuff I do like I'm still Lindsay like and and if I don't take care of Lindsay like all this other stuff that I do like doesn't matter because I can't do it at full capacity and I can't serve the way that I know that I'm being called to serve right you talked about and you've used this word a couple times so I want to just dive in you talked about purpose and call I've heard you sort of use those words in those terms and so I I can assume that there's probably a listener out there that is in that, like, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, what is that? How do I find that? How do I know what I'm being called to do? I'm multi-passionate. So like, I don't even know what I should be doing in that season. How have you been able to really understand your purpose and what you're called to do? And how has that maybe changed from season to season? Great question. As a spiritual woman, I have to depend on my source because we do not get these visions alone. These downloads do not just come just because we feel it, right? And regardless of who you serve, there is a higher power above us all. And based on who you serve, you have to be intentional about seeking your source because our purposes, what we have to understand is that our purpose was designed and already curated before we were here. Mm -hmm. We were already going to do the thing, right? We just didn't know it. And we still don't always know what's really going to unfold on the other side of this thing. So honestly, being able to consistently seek my higher power, being able to consistently put self down sometimes and say, okay, it's not about what I want or what I feel like I should be doing. It's God, tell me what am I to do in this season? Show me what it is that you have planned for me and allow your will to be done and not mine. Because sometimes we can go and lean on our will and lean on our own understanding and it don't work, y'all. You know, you you absolutely have to seek your higher power and listen, whether that's God, whether that's the universe, whatever it is for you in particular, you got to seek someone because you are not the end all above all in anything that you do in life. And I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we feel like we are here because we are who we are. We have designed that thing because we did it. We thought it, and it's not true. Also spending time with me, right? Learning more about me, learning more of what I'm good at, right? And understanding the difference between what I'm good at versus what I love versus 
what I'm called to do because that those three can all be three different things. You can be great at this one thing, but that don't mean that you're super passionate about it. You mm-hmm. could be super passionate about something and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're that good at it, right? But you can also be passionate about something. You can be good about something and it's still not your calling. It's still mm-hmm. not why you've been put on this earth. And you figure a lot of that out by yes, seeking your higher power and also sitting with self, understanding self, what moves you, what drives you, what keeps you going, what is that thing or those things, right? Because it can be multiple. We are multifaceted people. What are those things that you wake up every day and you're like, you know what? This is exactly what I'm here for. This is what drives me because the reality is that as you as you move through your professional careers and become executives or as you start businesses right you have you have to be connected to that thing on a deeper level because every day is not going to be easy every day you're not going to have the solution in a sense however you still have to keep going and you have to figure out that thing that's going to allow you to keep going even when the going gets tough Man, Lindsay, you really, you really, we done been in this thing not too long and you really preaching to drop the gems. I should have told y'all to get y'all up before the episode started. But if you don't, if you ain't got it yet, pull out your phone, pull out something, get these gems, right? But I love that you talked about, right? Like differentiating what you love or what you enjoy, like what you're passionate about and what you're called to do. Because sometimes I think we force ourselves into the box of like, oh, well, I really like this. So that mean that must mean that I'm passionate about it, or that must mean that I'm called to do this thing because I feel really great about it. I'm like, you're not even good at that. Like, yep. and if you're not good at it, not to say that you can't explore it and you can't do it, but like, I just, I don't believe like I'm called to do things I'm not good at. <laughs> like I'm, I, I believe that like, if God has called me to do it, like he's also equipped me to do it well and to do it with excellence. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, I could I could be really passionate about singing. I'm not I'm not called to make music, right? Because I'm not I don't think I'm really good at singing, right? But I love to do it, and so I think that's that's a helpful reminder to think about like all of those things can exist in different boxes, and we don't have to force ourselves into being passionate about something we're not passionate about, or you know, feeling called to do something that like, I wake up in the morning and I don't feel, I don't get the vibes off of it when I wake up, right? It's not the thing that I'd be like, if they didn't pay me to do this, I'd still be doing it, right? And I think there's so many people who force themselves to believe that like, because I like this thing, that must mean I'm passionate about the thing that I'm actually not passionate about, but I'm out here faking it. Right. Like I am, and I actually hate what I'm doing, right? You, you talked about, right, just like, we talk a little about like a woman of faith, also a woman of faith. So I know we can have this conversation because we talking about the same God, right? I'm curious to know if there was a pivot that God orchestrated for you that you actually were like, actually, I would have written this story differently. And I don't like this, that now on the other side, you can see like, wow, that, that was needed and necessary in a way that I could not have imagined it being outside of losing my job hell I definitely would not have set that up right for sure for sure but another thing that I think I would mention is that during that period of time after God had given me the vision for the business 
I also lost security in a relationship, right? I was at that time, I was with my partner for at least a decade on and off. And we were going through a really, really, really rough patch. And that was something that wrecked havoc in my life because not only did I lose stability in employment, but I also lost stability in that relationship. But that was also one of those things where I feel like I had misprioritized things. I definitely feel like I had started to prioritize my relationship over my relationship with Christ. And when we do that, right, when we put these things that he's given us above him, right, at some point, something is going to shake something, right? Mm -hmm. And it was at that time where I was like, okay, God, you have literally stripped me from every single thing that I was comfortable with. You you took it all. What's Mm -hmm. up? What is up right now, right? Um, But it was a very humbling experience because it forced me, it literally forced me in a box to fully, completely put my trust in him alone, not putting my trust in a company, not putting my trust in a person and a partner to truly put my trust in him. And that was life-changing for me because it forced me to, to really think about things, people, organizations very differently where now, you know, I operate from a stance of God, if there is a person, a thing, an organization that's in my life, that's going to keep me from you, please remove that because I never want to be in a position where I am misprioritizing things, relationships, businesses over him anymore because of those experiences. So if, if I could have changed things, that would not have happened. However, it needed to happen so that I can also mature spiritually. Yeah, I been there, got the t-shirt for that, for that, for that episode as well, right? Because I think there's something, you said it right, it's humbling, but I think it's also, I think it, in my experience, when I've had seasons like that, where it feels like, dang, like everything that I was doing, everything, all the people that I was with, like friends, partner, all the stuff, like it just, out of nowhere is just all, all of it's gone. Like what, what's going on? Right. Sure. And I have recognized that oftentimes in those seasons outside of God, just trying to get my attention, right. He is turning the mirror back on me to say like, who have you become? Because you've let, mm-hmm. you've let these things be out of order, the priorities out of order. And who have you become because of that? Right. And sometimes it's not even bad. Like, I mean, I was like, I feel like I've grown as an individual, like, so what, I don't know, right, and, and, but I think, like, when I, when I've spent time with him to get to the heart of it, I'm like, oh, I see how much, like, I've missed, or how much I've, I've leaned on my own understanding of things, and not consulted you, and not asked you to give me clarity about things, and so I'm, I'm not moving crazy, but, like, I kind of am, because, like, we haven't discussed none of the stuff I'm doing, so it, it is a bit crazy to be doing that, right, when I know you, right, and so, I'm glad I'm not the only one that be going through that. <laughs> no, we'll be looking at God like, I hear you. I'm going to sit down and do what needs to be done. Check. <laughs> Got it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> you, you've also talked a lot about prioritizing, not just obviously like within the context of your relationship with Christ, but I'm wondering how, as you have built multiple businesses, you've worked in a lot of different ways, you're serving at Kiva, how have you been able to, as you've made these sort of pivots and transitions, how have you been able to prioritize what is most important to do and to focus on as you've built from the ground up or been a part of coming into an organization like newly, freshly as a new person? 
I think a big part of creating a focus and being intentional is understanding where you are now, understanding where you're trying to go and really trying to figure out, putting the pieces to the puzzle between now and then, right? Mm -hmm. Because I even try to tell my clients, you know, start with the end in mind. You know, you have to visualize that thing. And as a visionary, I'm very blessed, but God will give me the vision of something. And sometimes I don't know where that vision lies. I don't know if that vision is the middle of this thing or if this vision was like the end of this thing. And he gave me a super glance. Like sometimes you don't know, right? But even coming into an organization or starting a new business venture, really just understanding, you know, what do I want from this? What do I see from this? Or if I've been given that vision, what did he show me in this with this to really be able to put the pieces to the puzzle. And one thing that you'll realize is that some journeys will look different every single step of the way. Like my employment with Kiva, that journey looks very different from building an award-winning company with Kingdom Vision Consulting, which looks very different from building this new thing at Zubachi, right? So it's also about just understanding that hey, these paths are going to look different per venture, per outlet. And we have to think about what is it that we're aiming for? What is the overall goal so that we can be very intentional about creating steps to get there? Even when when I first stepped into Kiva, a conversation that I had with my supervisor was, you know, well, what do you see for the program, for the U.S. program? Right. You know, what what is that goal? Right. That you want us to accomplish so that I understand my role as a contributor to the team to help us to get there, because that's technically that's somebody else's organization that I am coming in being a part of. I don't have, I'm not the end all be all, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily the visionary in this space of what we need this to look like. However, I am a visionary in my role to understand my contributions to how we will get there as a team. But it looks different per venture, but you got to understand where you're going so that you can figure out the direction that you need to take things. Yeah, I heard as you were talking to her vision and clarity that like those two things, they don't work by themselves. They're always partnered together, right? Because you can't you can't articulate the vision. You can't you can't allow people to buy into a vision, right? Without one, you being clear about what the vision is, but two, like you actually having the vision, right? And then on the other side, sometimes when you're the person who's got to buy into someone else's vision, you've bought into like I'm going to contribute to make sure you know to the best of my ability, what I can do to bring this vision to life is coming to life, right? That you need clarity from those people to say like, where do you see me fitting in? What What's missing, right? And so that those two things, regardless of what side of the vision you're on, whether you're the visionary or you're the person helping to execute, that it, it's always vision, it's always clarity, like you said, because you need to know where you're going, right? And somebody's got to articulate where you're going. Because if not, you just run into something, right? Man, so it's just, this is just, just so Oh, it's so good, man. So I want to talk a little bit about Zubachi because I think it is like such a, it's fire. Like that's simply put, it's dope and it's fire. Can you talk a little bit about this pivot to Web3 in the metaverse for those who maybe are just now sort of hearing that language or maybe have heard it and are not really sure what that means and how it may impact them? Can you talk a little bit about what what's going on, what's happening in the in the world of tech and web and all these things 
Yeah. So honestly, you know, I, I am not a tech guru, right? Mm -hmm. I was not in the tech industry. While Kiva is a fintech organization, I'm new to that space, right? But a year ago, a good friend of mine, Bianca Jackson, who is also a Pulitzer Prize winner within the metaverse, within the, the AR and VR space specifically, um, she gave me my first introduction to the metaverse. She was hosting an event and a big part of what she does is really teaching entrepreneurs how to operate their businesses in the metaverse, whether that's holding conferences, workshops, et cetera. And she gave me my first tour and I remember feeling like a child, right? I was so amazed. I was like, oh my God, look at this. I'm an avatar. I'm jumping up and down. I'm clapping my hands, right? It was, it was that moment that I experienced. I was like, okay, it's something here. I just don't quite know what yet. So it took months of really conversation and development and Casey, right, of Blaze, who helps me co-found Zubachi, we were like, we're going to do this thing in the metaverse, right? It's outlandish to some, but to others, right, who are in this space already, they know what is going to happen mm -hmm. with AR and VR, Right. Web 1.0, Web 2.0, it bypassed us, right? We were all we are always late to the game as far as people of color, right? And when it comes to tech and just digital advancement. And in conversation, we was like, you know, we really want to make sure that Black women are not left behind. And when we think about the work that we do, you know, what the work that I was doing in Kingdom Vision, the work that Casey was doing in Blaze, we said, you know what, it's important that we pour specifically into Black women in business. Because first of all, we're the fastest group of entrepreneurs, right? That's, that's the first thing. But also, two, we also encounter the most issues, right, with finding access to capital right but also being able to find business resources so what we're engineering with zubachi is going to provide solutions to multiple areas right so we're engineering this network where our our participants our women will be able to use our nfts as currency to be able to purchase services from service providers so we're creating this space where we're connecting black women in business to service providers that Black women need to be in business. Regardless of what industry you are in, we all need operational support. We mm -hmm. all need tech support. We all need financial support, right? We all need legal support. We need all of these things in all of our businesses, regardless of what you do. And the biggest reason that most of us, most people don't have those things is what? Capital. Access to capital is such a huge issue. And with Zubachi, we're deriving a solution for that, right? We are creating the capital for the women with our NFTs to be able to use to purchase the services that they need. In Zubachi, we have four key pillars that are super, super important to us. One being financial impact, right? Being able to help close the funding gap specifically for Black women, right? By providing access to marketplace and tools that they can use to support and grow their businesses. Our second pillar is B2B trade, right? With our capital that we're going to be using, right, to exchange, our businesses are going to be able to circulate that capital amongst each other 
other with ease and with speed, right? So bartering used to be a thing, right? Heavily that we focused on in our cultures. And we seem to have gotten away with that. We seem to have started really working in silos and the crabs in the barrel mentality. And we kind of just went away from real collaboration and partnership and bartering services. Hey, sis, if you do this and I do this, how about let's exchange services? We're bringing that back, right? Within the metaverse, which is extra dope. Our third pillar is edutainment, right? Making sure that as we build capacity, right? It's not bland and boring because we can attend all the workshops or the Zoom and in person. And it's like, it's a cycle of things where we get disengaged after 20 minutes, we're bored, we're flipping our fingers, right? We want to make it entertaining because yes, there are a lot of things that we need to learn and we need to know about business. However, it needs to be disseminated in a way that people can receive it, but also connect with it. And that spices things up a bit. Um, that fourth pillar is gamification, right? So being able to incentivize our members, right? To participate in workshops and trainings, et cetera. So every time a member attends an event or every time a member, you know, interacts with the service provider or with one of our sponsoring organizations, they are able to receive complimentary tokens, right? Those NFTs will be given to them. So yes, they can purchase them, but we're also in the business of just giving them this capital to accumulate and use to purchase those services, right? It is very much so next level, right? And I will I will never sit here and fake the funk as if I've been in this thing for a decade and I have, you know, 10,000 hours in it because I don't, right? However, I know what Black women in business are struggling with and I know that we need a solution, right? Because we also can't always depend on other people to save us, right? From our issues. Sometimes we got to create this thing for ourselves. And that is exactly what we're doing while also bridging the digital divide, because we also know that that is a huge issue in our communities. And the most beautiful, I think the most beautiful thing about this is that you don't have to have Oculus glasses to participate, right? Most people feel like, or oh, when you're in the metaverse, or if you want to do anything related to, you have to have glasses. No, you don't, right? You can use your laptop, you can use your smartphone, right? So it's accessible, right? We just got to teach people how to do the thing, right? How to utilize these resources. So we're, we're really, really, really looking forward to engineering this system that's honestly going to change the lives of so many Black women across, honestly, across the world. When we think about just Black families in general, right? What, what, do, we, what do we say? I think a dollar circulates within our community for just, what, six hours yeah. compared to our, our peers, right? In our ecosystem, we are looking, we are absolutely looking to help women hold these dollars, right? To really test that model, but also to be able to use those dollars for very intentional and specific things to grow their businesses. Bet y'all didn't know y'all was going to get a metaverse tutorial <laughs> on the podcast today. Man, I think, like, I I can tell. I can just tell, right? Like, even, even though you're not a tech girly from day one, right, that you have a true passion for eliminating the barriers to access, right? And so, like you said, like, it's about finding the solution. So we know, like, there's a digital divide, there's a capital and access to capital divide and that 
you know, black women, like we're, we are, we're always going to do the thing. Like we're always going to start a business. We're always going back to school. And it's those things that sometimes slow down the speed at which we find success. Right. And I think that what I'm finding is that if more black women can find success quicker than like the dynamics of, of all things, not just business, right? Like the world is going to spin a little bit differently when black women can be onboarded to things They have, we have less barriers to entry, right? Because what we know, right? Is like when black women get a thing, we do a thing. Like, it's not just for us. It's not, I'm not just getting it for me. I'm getting it for my family. I'm getting it for my niece. I'm getting it for my students. I'm getting it for my homegirls. I'm getting it from Bay. Like I'm getting it for my next door neighbors. Like I'm getting it for the whole community. Right. And I'm, 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 I pick up the mantle of like making sure that the folks I'm connected to know, know, right. How to, how to do the thing. And so I think Zubache is just, yeah, like, I've been in the metaverse only one time. So I like, I really need to get my life together, but it was real cute when I got in it. It was real cute. And so I was, I was very much like a kid, like jumping off the couches and stuff in the metaverse because I didn't know what I was doing, but I can, I can tell even as you talked about it, right? Like your passion to really serve and support women in this way and to make sure that we have what we need, particularly as black women to like find success particularly because we know technology, that's that's the future, right? Like everything's getting more technological. So we just got to know how to navigate and how to be in the space, right? Okay, so I w- two more questions for you. One of my questions is, so you talked about and you own that like, not a tech geek, not a tech expert, right? That your exp- your expertise is, is in the financial space. So how, how did you become confident, right? Because you just gave me a whole pitchity pitch pitch about Zubache, right? And so like, how did you become comfortable? Because those those two things are very different industries. Like the rules and all the things, the words, the language, the jargon, all that is very different. And so as you begin to build Zubache, how did you find that confidence like do that? Because it was so different than what you are used to doing. Oh, good question. I think believing that because God gave me the vision, I cannot fail. Now, and that's, that's period, right? I Zubachi is that thing that's a God did, that's a God is doing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this is definitely not my, it was not my zone of genius, right? This was not that thing that I dreamed of and like, okay, yeah, I got this solution. Nah, it was like, okay, things just started to come together started to make sense and I was like okay but it's needed right and because I'll be honest right because it hasn't been necessarily like my 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 promised land my zone of genius that I've understood for years it's also that thing that's easiest to turn away from when the going gets tough Yep. And every single time, every single time I'm like, okay, do I really want to do this thing? Like, do I, do I really have it in me? Every single time God sends me someone that reminds me of why it's important. That reminds me that black women need this black women need another opportunity, right? We already know that we get the least amount of venture capital, right? We already know that when we walk in banking institutions, right? It's an arm and a leg and maybe your elbow too, right? To be able to get the capital that you need. We already know that half the time walking in these, even some community alternative lenders, right? That there is a story that they see of us before we even open our mouths, right? But again, all of these are things and places 
resources that we have to look to to support us that don't always know our story, right? But it is a black woman who comes from another black woman, right? And I'm I'm super blessed because my parents are entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurship also wasn't brand new to me, right? Well, some of us, it is. Some black women know business, they're the first ones in their family, right? To think about starting a business and to let alone actually do the thing. So I'm very blessed to have had role models in my life. You know, my father is a plumber and my mom has been running the business for over 20 years. And that small business gave me the opportunity to be who I am today, right? Without them, without that business, I literally would not have gone to my first choice school. I would not have been able to, you know, have the the financial advancement that I have today. So it's like, Lindsay, whenever you feel like giving up, think about that little black girl who Mm. needs mom and her dad, right? To be active in this business and to have the resources that they need so that she can be okay. I think about who I was 20 years ago and what I would not have had had my mom, right? Not been intentional about building that family business for me. So I got to keep going because my people need me. Yeah. And, and you said this earlier, right? It's like, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. Like the, the thing that we, that we, that God gives us vision for that we are called to do that we know, right? Like anybody could do it, but nobody's going to do it the saucy way that I'm going to do it. And God knew that. Right. So he asked me to do it because it's bigger. It's so much bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than even to the people that we're just connected to right now in the season. And so I, I love that you talk about that, right? Because think when I begin to really understand that for myself in business, I was like, oh, these bad days, like it's fine. Cause it's, it's a whole bunch of other people connected to what this is going to be that like, they need me even on a bad day. Right. Right. They, They need me to keep going. Right. And sometimes like that is the showing up of the day is like, we're just going to live to fight another day. And maybe tomorrow we'll feel different about it, but we gotta, we, we just gotta get to tomorrow. Right. And so I love, I love that because I've had similar experiences in business where I'm like, God, I didn't want to do this. Like, I didn't even want to be an entrepreneur for real. So I will, I will put this back down and happily do my nine to five thing. Okay. And every single time, similarly, like there has been a text message, a conversation, a chat with Casey. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm listening. Thank you so much for the encouragement. I appreciate that because you knew I was about to quit. Right. (laughs) I was about to really quit this time. Um, Right. Like, okay, got it. You're listening to me and I'm also listening to you. I love it. So last question, I've wrapped up all of the episodes so far in this way. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you like this. It's a fill in the blank statement. So not really a question, more of a fill in the blank. Okay. So fill in the blank. I have permission to. I have permission to financially free my people, period. I am a financial healer out here and I am making sure that Black and brown families, but heavy on the Black families, have an opportunity to truly create generational wealth, right? And it's not just a phrase to me, right? It is a way of living. It is a lifestyle. And in order to create generational wealth for our heirs, it has to start with us right now who are living and breathing today to create that. I have given myself permission to financially free my people. Yeah, and that's and that's just gonna be that on that period. Y'all heard it here first. I would add to that that you have permission to walk 
in your calling and standing that unapologetically. The way Lindsay just said, it's me. It's it's gonna be me. I'm gonna put the team on my back. I hope that whatever you believe and know that you are called to do, that you feel that same sense of urgency, that same sense of audacity to go and do that thing and to be to be that person for the people who need you and that are gonna be blessed and transformed by the work that you're gonna do in the world, man. Lindsay. Can you please let the folks know how to find you, how to find all the great stuff that you're doing, how to how to get into this metaverse? Let the people know where, where can they find you. Yes, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. Two, I am so grateful, so blessed to just be able to pour into each and every one of you, all of our listeners. You can follow me personally on Instagram at L Peel, the real deal. You can follow Kingdom Vision Consulting at Kingdom Vision Consults on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can follow Zubachi on Twitter. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Zubachi. And our websites are the same as our domain. So Zubachi.com, KingdomVisionConsult.com. I love it. I'm going to make sure that y'all got all the links, all the need to know things so that you can continue to connect with Lindsay, all of the amazing work that she is doing in Kingdom Vision and in Zubachi and in Kiva, because we're going we okay. to put Kiva on the map for the folks. You need some capital Okay. Lindsay, I just want to say thank you so much for this conversation. From day one, when I virtually met you at the Blaze Summit, I said, that's a bad sister right there. She got it. She got it. She got it. And that has consistently been what I have said about you. You have consistently shown up just full of passion, full of fire and being able to communicate with such an authority. And so I I love and appreciate that about you. There's something really empowering about hearing another Black woman really just speak with authority, with just a knowledge and a confidence of like, I know what I know and I know who I know and I know who knows me and that's all I need, right? And so, man, I'm excited for what you're about to do in the metaverse, right? It's 1 million to 2030. And I'm just believing it's going to be way more than 1 million. You're going to get to 2030 and be like, God, you really did your thing on this one, right? And so I'm so excited. I'm hoping that even through this conversation that more and more Black women tap in and get connected to all the great work that you're doing. So thank you so much for taking time out today. Y'all, I appreciate y'all. And I look forward to catching you in the next episode of Permission to Pivot. Thank you. Mm.